If you use the internet on a daily basis, and chances are you do, you probably don't put much thought into cybersecurity. You know, your network connections, the pages you visit, the files you download. You should be thinking about these all the time. Welcome to And Security for All. Your host is Kim Hakem. We're here to help you understand, in general terms, how and why your cybersecurity should be kept in check. Now, here is Kim Hakem. All right. Thank you all. Thank you, everybody, for having me out again. Um, I'm Jonathan Kimmett, CISO University of Tulsa, and Kim Hakem is currently on vacation. I think she is enjoying some peace and quiet somewhere, possibly on a beach. I'm not quite sure, but I think she's, uh, she's, she's enjoying some, uh, some downtime right now. So welcome to And Security for All here on the Voice America Network. Uh, we are going to be talking um, certifications and trainings today um, and, and breaking into the industry. And I've got a, a, a guest on with me. His name is Chad Kluwer. Um, I think I say your, I, I'm not quite sure I say your name right every time, uh, Chad. So I'll get you to say your last name just to make sure. But Chad's going to come on and join me today. We're going to have a great conversation. Uh, just some quick notes about some upcoming events. We've got a Eastern virtual event coming up for future um, con for June 15th this month. We've got an event in Tampa, Florida on June 29th, and we've got a special event at RSA. Um, I just got the, uh, the, uh, the, um, the information about it. Uh, Kim is going to be doing an Irish breakfast and podcast with Darren Anderson and Mark Weatherford. Um, I'm not quite sure how you put all the Irish breakfast and the podcast together, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun, so make sure you don't miss that. Again, that's going to be at RSA this year. So, um, let's go ahead and welcome Chad to the uh, the the show, and we'll get, we'll get started. So, Chad, you uh, you and I have known each other for uh, many years now, and you've just recently moved over to ISC Squared. So, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and give us a little bit about your background and what you do now? You are exactly right, Jonathan. Thanks so much for having me. Um, it's going to be a great hour here chatting with you. I know it always is. Um, but yeah, just a little bit of background about me. Um, I, I have recently, um, it's, it's kind of what I've been telling people. I'm, I'm still a CISO in recovery at this point uh, after spending the last uh, 25 plus years in information security and in roles anywhere from PC tech to, to CIO and everywhere in between. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of taking a turn into the education space now and uh, taking a role with ISC Squared, which you can see there on the screen, my official title is Education CPE Evaluator Lead, which really means I evaluate the CPE or the Continuing Professional Education. Um, so I, I get the opportunity to work on, on webcast similar to this and work with all the experts and make sure that we are putting out professional content that meets the needs of all the members of ISC squared. So that, that's kind of number one thing where I fall. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that I've, I've had the privilege of working on recently is, is a new entry level cybersecurity certification that ISC squared has, we're just now wrapping up the pilot phase on, uh, but it, it's been a real eye opener for me. Um, as far as how the education process works. And I'll tell you another educational bit of background about me. Um, I do a lot of things backwards. I did uh, pretty much most of my career has been backwards. Um, I, I started out, you know, like I said, like a lot of people in IT moving over to security. And then um, 
I was in it for a lot of years. I didn't get my CISSP. You know, I wasn't officially certified in anything until 2016. I did that, and that, that kind of started the started the cascade flow going. Uh, during COVID, I, I chose to go back to school, work on my bachelor's degree. So after 30 years of being a college dropout, I went and got my bachelor's degree, had so much fun at it, and enjoyed the education perspective of it so much. I ended up um, doing my master's degree as well and got both of those uh, taken care of and out of the way. Like I said, after being out of school for 30 years, it was a stretch, but um, it really opened my eyes to the education process. And I, I know we always say, and it's gonna be kind of one of the, one of the key things we're gonna see here, is, is education and continuous education is really key to staying ahead of the cybersecurity threats in this world. And it's really become more and more evident to me, especially over the last few years. And the, and the ironic thing I keep telling people, and I'll, and I'll wrap up with talking about me for a moment, but uh, the ironic thing I tell people is, okay, I've done these great certifications, I've done these bachelor's program, I've done the master's program, had, you know, enjoyed every minute of it, and you know what, those, those pieces of paper still make me uh, exactly qualified to do the same work I've been doing for the last 25 to 30 years. So that's kind of enough about me for a bit, Jonathan, take it away. Yeah, you know, I uh, the the whole certification and training debate in IT and IT security. It's I don't get into that debate anymore because I don't think it's a valid debate, um, and I know that's going to flame a lot of people because they really still get upset over this. And and uh, I I'm in education. I'm University of Tulsa, so education is near and dear to my heart. Um, but I'll tell you the uh, the idea of certifications and training for individuals um, that for me, that goes back, you know, well, starting in high school, but actually it goes back to uh, martial arts. Um, I started taking martial arts many years ago, um, a lot of years ago. Uh, I told my instructor how many years and he told me not to ever say it again. So I, I refuse <laughs> to say that. And, uh, but you know, there's something about, going and learning and drilling and getting better at something, you know, it's part of the art. And when I got into cybersecurity, I kind of took that same mindset, you know, the, in fact, I had a press, I had a keynote that I did and it was the, uh, the art of cybersecurity and uh, the, the idea of what we do and what we train and how we get better at what we do is the same thing we do in training and in classes for anything else. And, you know, it's the attacks are coming in and they're growing and they're getting better and we have to get better at what we do so that I think that that training is really, really important. And uh, I kind of did the backward thing like you did sort of, but I kind of did it from a certification point of view. You know, usually people kind of work their way up to some of the higher level search, you know, the CISSP and the, some of the other ones. And uh, I took that one first. I took CISSP first. Um, and what I decided to do years ago, I, I, went, I took it and I, I, uh, and I was able to, I, I passed the test or, and I, I got the certifications. But, you know, they always talk about the certification as being a really wide but not very deep necessarily in individual topics. So what I wanted to do is I went and I took that top level and then I picked the things that I was really interested in. I got, I went and studied and I got more and more and more and I trained more. And that, I still encourage people to do that. And I, that, that's the stuff I want to talk about today is, you know, I want people to always grow, always learn, always learn more. Google, searching your stuff and finding uh, individual things that you have to go fix and problems you have to solve. Absolutely, you have to do that. 
but I, I think there's a lot of value in the training. Um, so, so let me ask you this, just kind of to get us started. When, if you have a new person, uh, they're brand new, they've never been in cybersecurity. Now, this could be a, a, a high school student or maybe a college grad or even somebody that's just in a networking or, you know, some other IT field. And they want to grow and they want to change their role. What's the first thing you tell them? You know, just kind of off the top of your head, it's like, hey, this is this is going to be the next thing you want to look at. What what is that? What is that elevator pitch that you give them? You know, I'm probably a little bit different in that sense, and and I don't know. This, this is going to be a really long elevator ride. I have a feeling, but um, I mean, you know, really, what I look at, and, and I'll tell you, when when I was hiring folks, what what I look at is the way people think about issues and the way people think about security and not necessarily the technical knowledge. So I, I'm the one that's not really concerned and, and some people are not going to like to hear this. It's kind of like that, that whole certification debate you had, but I'm not one that's, that's huge on, I'm only going to interview you or I'm only going to hire you if you have certain certifications, because I, I don't think that's right. I think you have to hire the right person and then train them to where you want to be. Now that training can very well be via certifications and that kind of stuff. And I'll tell you, if, if you ever saw any of the job postings that, that I've ever done in the past, I, I never required a certification up front. It's always a certification or equivalent experience and be able to obtain this certification and maintain it, you know, within a year, within 18 months, whatever that may be. Um, because I'm, I'm very much like you. We talked about that, that, um, you know, I, I did my CISSP first as well. I had no other credentials behind my name, no other degree or anything. And I'd already been doing security for a lot of years um, with without having that paper behind me. Uh, it was one of those things that was a goal of mine. And I'll tell you what I found is I, I found myself going down those, uh, I guess, going down those rabbit trails and finding a lot of specialized areas, but I didn't know a whole lot about the big picture. And that's one of the things that I appreciated about that big picture um, and about the CISSP as being the big picture and overall of, of how the security should fit within an organization. It was a huge piece of it. Now that said, the other piece of it is, you know, I said I just recently did my bachelor's and master's degree, um, you know, 100% online, self-studied, all that. It's great. It was, it was really not too difficult for me to do with, of course, you know, like I said, 25, 30 years experience, it's, it wasn't extremely difficult, but it did make me think about things a little bit differently. And ironically, what I came out of that with is besides the fact that I came out with about a dozen new pieces of paper, new certifications and stuff like that, and all the different areas that I hadn't really looked at before. But what really came out of that was my very favorite class and what really, really just anchored my whole thought, my whole theory on information security. My favorite class, that whole thing was critical thinking. And people okay. sit back and say, what in the world does that have to do with information security? And critical thinking has absolutely everything to do with it. It's not how you look at a piece of data. It's not how you look at a certain incident, but how you look at how it interacts with others. Um, and, and it's really amazing, even though that course I'm reasonably sure was written a few years ago, and I know the book that it was based on was written a few several years back. Um, but a lot of that is how do you identify misinformation, disinformation, and a lot of the things that, that the information security folks are really fighting right now. But I think that's the key. So, um, you know, I'm really going to answer that one with a you've, you've got to hire for the aptitude and the attitude and then train them up to where you need them to be technically. Yeah, no, I, I agree to that. I uh, 
there are times where I, so one of my requirements to to work for me here at and in, in my security department is there are certain certs that I I will require everybody to get. Um, and uh, I want them to either have it or to come in and they will get it. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I make them do is I make them do different training programs in, in different learning formats. So the first one is a book. It's like, here's a book. Um, here's the first certification you need to get. And here's the book. You need to learn it. Then we look at online training. And then we look at in-person training. And uh, the way I look at it is... We have to learn from every different format there is. You know, we have to be able to pick some up. Some people are stronger uh, learning from a book than they are from learning in person. And some people just don't like learning from one particular format. But as we as we are professionals in the job that we do and, you know, the skills that we're learning and the skills that we're doing, sometimes you don't have an option. You have to do that thing in that way. And if you're not good at it, when we talk about critical thinking, this is one thing that I, I, I've kind of stuck to is we have to troubleshoot problems, you know, troubleshoot an attack, troubleshoot uh, IT problems, troubleshoot. Troubleshooting is part of our job. And uh, I, I had someone once who uh, they didn't do very good on tests. And uh, they came up and they said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to I can't do this certification because I'm not good on tests." And it's like, OK, well, why aren't you good on tests? Because I've, I've never been good on tests. And it's like, you're troubleshooting multi-million dollars worth of network equipment. Um, you need to learn how to troubleshoot. And part of the thing you need to do is troubleshoot why you're not good on tests. And then let's figure out how to fix that. And so I worked with him, you know, worked with him through the process. And we figured out why he wasn't good on tests, what he didn't like. And then we figured out a way to, to get him better at that. So that was one of the things that I really kind of harped on is when we're looking at training programs and we're looking at the learning, the growing that we need to do in our organization and in, in cybersecurity industry, a lot of times, just like you said, there's that critical thinking. There's that troubleshooting that we need to do to get better and you learn about that, you know. Um, I uh, I can tell you, I did a, a graduate class a couple of well, now it's a couple of years ago because it was before COVID. But uh, it was it was very different. It put me out of my comfort zone, um, and it was on privacy, so it wasn't security. It was privacy, and it was a law school class, and it was a particular topic I needed to learn about. And uh, I had to number one figure out how to work around full-time work and work around, you know, I tried not to take time away from my family and I tried to get the content. It was very different. It was a law school class versus other things that I've done. And it, it was difficult to, to kind of build those pieces in. So I would assume with you did your undergrad and your master's, you still had to work around family, work around work, work around your industry things that you do, you know, your, your uh, the InfraGuard and stuff like that. What did you learn from that experience? You know, if you had to pick, you know, two or three things that you were going to say, hey, this is this is really what I took out of it. You know, not just that that critical thinking, but that time management, um, uh, discipline, things like that. What did you really get out of that that you really want to get to the new security professionals? Um, I, I don't know that I have the best lessons to share with others out of it. Um, I, I can tell you that if, if you're looking at doing uh, courses like I did that are totally self-paced and, uh, and, and mostly 
I call it self-learning. It's really not. But I mean, the way I did it, it really is all up to you. You have a lot of great online resources. You even got some, maybe even a few videos to watch, but it's mostly reading stuff. Um, I am not the best reader, especially when it comes to reading for comprehension. I'm pretty much terrible at it. Um, and there wasn't, you know, there was always access to instructors, but it's not like sitting in a classroom every day. And and honestly, that's what I was looking for in a degree program. I did not want to sit in a classroom. I, I didn't, you know, I wanted to measure by by what I know and how I can apply the knowledge, not by how long I can sit in a chair and listen to somebody talk. Um, so that was a huge thing for me. But to do that, you've definitely got to have the self-discipline, um, which is an area that I am also very weak in. I, I am a world-class procrastinator. Uh, people think when I ask for deadlines on things that I'm really asking um, so I know when I need to meet deadlines. And no, I'm really knowing, uh, asking that so I know how long I can procrastinate before I have to start something. Um, <laughs> it's sad to say, but it's true. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say if anybody's considering that, and if you are a procrastinator like me, make sure you've got somebody like my wife that will push you to keep doing it. Make sure you stay on task. Um because it was it was a very aggressive schedule and you've got to have that, uh, you know, you've got to have that support at home to help you keep moving forward. If you don't have that support at home, make sure you've got it somewhere. And, um, and, and these universities, they have that kind of support through other classmates and stuff as well if you don't have that at home. Uh, but you're definitely not going to, uh, you're not going to work against it, we'll put it that way. You know, if you guys, if you don't have some sort of support mechanism, it's going to be very tough to make that through. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree 100 percent. You know, that's and that's one of the things that I try to do with like my staff here, you know, that work for me is, you know, I, I give them I require them to do the training, but I'm also there with them. You know, I have spent many, many hours sitting down with them and going over a particular security concept with them because they may not deal with that every day and they don't know it, but having someone there to help you um, and someone just to say, hey, how's it going, you know, and, and give them time, you know, be able to say, why don't you, you know, go take the next few hours and go do that practice test or whatever. It, I think it, I think it really helps, you know, and uh, having that support there is really, really important. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I uh, it's kind of weird because I like doing stuff before, you know, like pre-time. So if I know something is coming up in two months, you know, as soon as I know about it, I'll, I'll put together a PowerPoint and then I'll forget about it or I'll not think about it for that two months. And then like the day before it's like, Oh, okay. I need to get back to that and make sure I got it all done. And so I'm, I'm kind of half and half, you know, I want to do that stuff in the very beginning because I like getting that, getting it done. And, and then I wait to the very last minute to, you know, put that file, the final, uh, touches up on it. Um, I did that once is I got in there the, you know, the day before and I'm looking at it, it's like, yeah, this is not what I want to speak about. I'm going to, you know, I ripped it all apart, put a new one in place and, you know, I've done enough of them that I was able to, you know, I had the, the outline in my head. I knew what I was going to do, but, um, that's, uh, keeping on track and staying on top of it. That's a, an important factor. Um, let me ask you when you were, uh, when you're doing your trainings, uh, so the certifications that you went through, you know, kind of through your program, um, what do you think, 
well, what do you think about those certifications? What's uh, what do you think some of the good things, some of the bad things are about those? Um, let's talk about you know not any particular one uh, specifically, just kind of what are your thoughts? I mean, you got a whole bunch of them, you know, kind of in a short time frame. What's your what's your thoughts on those? Um, well, I, I don't want to say by I'm I'm biased. You know, I really was not biased at the time I took these. I may be a little bit more biased now than I was at the at the time I went through these. Um, but but what I found is, you know, some of the certifications out there really are geared more towards the, you know, we're going to say the the entry level learner or, or somebody who maybe hasn't done the cybersecurity stuff, hasn't actually worked in it, hasn't experienced a lot of that stuff. Um, some of those are, are gained more towards that. And they're, um, you know, to kind of put it in education speak, it's more knowledge level, um, more knowledge level of certifications. And it's more about what you know and how well you can regurgitate those uh, those definitions, that kind of stuff, but not so much how it applies to the real world. And um, and then some of those certifications you'll also see that are um, that are somewhere in the middle of the road where they start applying some of that knowledge, but there's still a lot of knowledge based. Um, and then you'll get into some of the some of the more advanced ones and, and usually the ones that require experience before you're certified. And those more advanced ones you'll find are more application level and not really what you know and that you can regurgitate or that you know exactly what each acronym means and that kind of stuff. Um, but more or less how you apply the knowledge and how you actually apply the knowledge when it comes to to a breach or something like that. Um, so I definitely see a, a scaling in those. And, and I'll tell you, it, it kind of goes back to when I was writing job descriptions in the past. When I write those job descriptions and I wrote out, you know, just like we talked about, I, I didn't require certifications, but I did very much encourage them. And, and I did require them after a certain point, point in time, but not to be hired. Um, and, and when I line those out, I, I line them out appropriately you know, to where we have the ones that are the knowledge level stuff first, we're going through the knowledge level things. So we're familiar with the terms and concepts, but we may not really know how to use them. And we probably won't use all of them on a regular basis until we get into those that are that are more advanced and the ones that, um, you know, and, and knowing how to actually apply that knowledge. And I think that's, that's the biggest key once you reach those the higher end of those things. Um, you know, and, and I'll, I'll throw in another thing, and it's once again, it's a huge certification debate. Um, I personally do not lean, uh, do not, you know, lean a whole lot of uh, credence to the certifications that are vendor specific. If you're, if you're in, and don't get me wrong, they, they are valuable if you're somewhere who specializes in one vendor and this is what you want your people to certify in, then, then great, they've got the value. Um, but I do have a hard time with those in, in general in general concepts because they seem to study one vendor's way of doing something rather than an industry-wide standard setting. Um, so I do tend to lean towards those who are a little bit more vendor agnostic. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you on that. You know, I think uh, I I do look at vendor certifications. What I do on those just because we're talking about it. When I see a vendor certification, I immediately look to see if they were doing that at their job. You know, was that organization, let's say they were they were getting a CCNA or something like that, which is a very common networking certification. Um, but if you have a CCNA, but you weren't running Cisco at your previous job, um, 
you know, I'll question that, you know, and maybe you got it from a, a school or maybe you got it in high school or whatever. But, you know, what I really want is if you've, if you've got a, a vendor certification, those are great. You know, I'm always supportive of training, you know, whatever it is, wherever you get it, you know, that's more knowledge, skills, and abilities that you have. But I also want to see you doing it. You know, I want to see that, yeah, you got it at, and what that tells me, by the way, is if we have a particular vendor here on campus, I want people to go get that training. You know, I, I want them, uh, if they're a, an entry level or kind of a, a new person, then yeah, I'm going to spend the money to send them to the training because I want them to have that experience or at least that beginning knowledge to get into the tool and know the syntax and know the menus and know the options. Uh, one of the things I always say is you, training gives you potential. You know, Googling a, a, an answer gives you a, a solution to that one problem, whereas if you go to training, you've got potential of knowing all the other things that's possible in that environment, in that ecosystem. Um, but I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the uh, the way you described the trainings real quick, because you had the, those beginning trainings uh, that is knowledge base. Um, you know, it just it, it's it's memorization. You know, let's let's be serious about it. It's memorization, learning um, what is blah terminology. What does that mean? And then as you move up through the ranks, and there's a bit more application. What I have found is those different kinds of tests teaches you something beyond the knowledge. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain why. Um, th there is a particular test that I've been working or studying for for the last few years, and it's a 24-hour test. And it's hands-on pen testing. Um, I felt pretty good about the technical pieces of the test. I knew all the – I did not pass it when I took it the first time. Um I took it a second time within a couple of months. Like I, I've got this, you know. I'd say, and I didn't pass it again. And then I realized the test is so much more than the knowledge. It's time management. It's preparation. It's a mindset that is different. And the reality is, and maybe they intended this way or not, but the things you learn from being successful at that test go well beyond the content of the test. And I didn't get that the first two times I was taking that test. I it, it didn't occur to me. And then I go, oh, that's what they're trying to teach me, or that's what I'm going to get from this test. So do you see the kind of the same thing where you've got you do have that knowledge, that knowledge, not, uh, that that actual just memorization stuff, but then you have those tests that are a bit more involved. And I think you do get more out of them. That's not just the knowledge you're getting, but that preparation and that execution of the intent on those. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think you're really right. And, and the way you're talking about that, you know, I, I, I kind of go through, um, you know, and, and oddly enough, you know, I, I said I went through the whole bachelor's and master's program and, you know, you, you build up through all of those and there's a whole bunch of certifications involved and everything else. And really all of it is, and once you get past the master's, that, that's to prepare you to take the CISSP. So, yeah, I did it all backwards. Um, you know, once again, I, I did all that to, to build up to what I already did however many years ago, six years ago now. Um, so there's definitely that, you know, and I'll tell you, going through all of that, there, there was only one test throughout the whole thing that I did not pass. Uh, missed it by one question. It was one certification, and luckily it was a certification that wasn't required. It was one that was just a, an add-on, you know, a bonus if you happen to pass it. So I didn't try real hard, first of all. 
Um, the other side of it is, is it, is it dealt a lot about products, not a specific product. It wasn't a vendor specific uh, exam, but it, it dealt a lot with products and, and products, you know, what product do you use if you want to do this task or what product should you use if you want to do this task? Um, those are the kind of, not the kind of things I tend to remember. Um, you know, so that, that's kind of a lot of the things that we're talking about there. And, and you're exactly right when you talk about things leaning into others and, and not even so much on the exam front, but, and, and I'll tell you the one thing, and people are going to agree with me or they're not going to agree with me here, but the one thing that, that just drives me batty still, I, I am not a networking guy, no matter how hard I try. I, I did pass that, that network <clears throat> uh, exam. So I, I got the pretty certificate for it, but that's about all I can really say for it. Um, I, I'm not a networking. It's just not where my heart lies. It's just not where I care to be, but I have to understand that to do other things. And that was the real key. And I, I will still argue every day with, with any of the other security people that, that say that the OSI and the TCP/IP model are anything important because I still think there is zero application for those things in the real world. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting just a little bit opinionated here, aren't I? Um, but I mean, it's just, they're, they're conceptual models. I, I had discussions with this, okay, with, with the professors in, in some of my master's courses. I'm like, come on people. It, it can be this, it can be this, it can be this. You know, it's three or four different ways. And finally, we had to agree that it's like, okay, the educational answer is this, or the institutional answer is this. And it's like, okay, I'll agree with that. Um, but, you know, there's just so many different answers to some of that stuff. And what does it really lead to? Is there really any use in that OSI or the TCP/IP model? No, on its surface, there's really not. Um, unless you're needing to break some incident down and look at it in a little bit closer and you're trying to figure out when you're looking at a, at a network, you know, something sniffing on your network and you're looking at this, this, all this raw data, trying to figure out who's infiltrating or what they're doing, there might be, um, you know, you have, you have to kind of remember in the back of your head, what was that training I got back then that I said didn't matter to anything? Um, you know, what was that and how does this stuff really line out and how does it interact with each other? Yeah, no, I, I agree on that polarizing. And I was laughing over here because I had the same mindset. I have learned the OSI model a dozen times for a dozen certifications. And, and I'll tell you, I uh, I got in trouble one day. This was years and years and years and years ago. Uh, a whole different lifetime, really. Um, so in college, I learned what jargon was. And I learned the definition of what jargon is. And if you don't know what it is, uh, in some books, it's occupational specific terminology. And uh, I had that in my head. It was beat into me that that's what it was, occupational specific terminology. And uh, I was in a, a, a training program. It was law enforcement. And the instructor asked, does anybody know what jargon is? Me being right out of college, I raised my hand. I was like, yes, ma'am. It is occupational specific terminology. The whole class turned and looked at me, and I became the college boy from that point forward. So um, anyway, I say that because a lot of times when we're talking about uh, terminology that we use in IT security or even IT, 
And there is a question about moving from information management over to IT security, and we're going to get that in just a minute, Satish, I, I promise. But uh, what I find is a lot of times uh, when you go into an ID department, uh, networking or systems or infrastructure or services, they really grasp onto that terminology, um, that jargon, and they like that jargon. They can't explain it to you, but they like that jargon. Um, and it's a it's a turnoff for a lot of people. That's why you know uh, IT has always gotten a bad rap when talking to the board or talking to other people in the departments. Because when you start saying you know uh, layer two adjacent, uh, there is no board, probably no board that's ever going to be able to actually explain to you what layer two adjacent means um, or subnetting. Um, uh, learning how to subnet, learning CIDR notation. You know all this stuff that I just said that. Probably a lot of our audience is going to go. What did he say? C cider, like apple cider vinegar. What? What? That this is just jargon, you know. And you know, people really get into it. They really enjoy it, you know. But the reality is, a lot of what we have to do is we have to knock off that jargon, and we need to talk plainly and talk to people and talk to people as if they're, you know, sitting right next to us, and we're trying to explain something to them in terms that they're going to understand. Because we need to get them to do something different, to think about it differently, to better protect things. So I, uh, I. I understand. I, I'll tell you. So I've got my students here. Um, I know this is really just turning into a conversation between the two of us. So this is great. I hope you're okay with that. Um, but my students are cybersecurity students and they came in and they're actually working in my SOC. And um, it, it's very different, you know, kind of what they're learning in their classes and what I'm having them do. And uh, we were talking about CIDR notation. And they were trying to convert everything and do their subnet masks and you do all this stuff to kind of calculate it. It's like, no, 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 no. You need to learn like three. If you memorize three things, everything else you can figure out. And I showed them how I did it. Um, and they were like, this is so much easier. Why hasn't anyone ever showed us this before? It's like because I just had to figure it out doing it every day. And so, it, you know, it, it it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting concept to uh, to think about the things we learn and the things we learn in our, our certifications and our trainings and converting that over to stuff that we need to use every day. Um, I, I always tell people, get rid of the jargon, speak plainly. If you can't describe something, you don't really know it. And that's one of the things that I harp on. I learned that years ago. If you can't if you don't know something, then you can't explain it. So, you know, um, that that's one of the things, you know, to, to turn around, you know, if you're learning something, I go to teach it, you know, I, I'll go find someone and try to teach it to them in very plain language to see if I know it. So that's, that's what I do. Uh, but we do have a, a question from the audience and I encourage everyone, if you do have questions, you know, make sure you, you throw it in the chat and we'll make sure to, uh, to incorporate those in. But we've got a question from Satish. It's, uh, he says um, he is wondering about transitioning from information management to information secu uh, security or cybersecurity. I was going to do certifications mostly. I'm also 50 uh, plus, so wondering if that is possible or practical. So number one, I'm going to throw out the whole 50 thing because I don't think it matters what age you are. I've, if you want to get into cybersecurity and you enjoy it, do it. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts on that, um, uh, Chad, about uh, someone who's moving from one role that's adjacent to cybersecurity or adjacent to IT and moving it into cybersecurity. What are your thoughts? You mean, except I just did that backwards. 
like I do everything else backwards. <laughs> that's that's exactly what we're talking about. And by the way, as far as your notes on cider, um, there's an app for that. I don't need to memorize it. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> that's all I can say about that one. Um, you know, I, I, I happen to have some some very specific guidance that, that I hope doesn't sound uh, too biased. But uh, some, some of the things that I've been working on recently is, is exactly that. And I'm, and I'm glad you, you led it. You, led me right into that really um but even back <clears throat> back a while back i uh as a volunteer did a little bit of work and um then i i helped isc squared actually develop a new certification that they're working on um or i say develop i actually helped develop the education pieces of it um not not the other pieces of it but they they have a new thing out it's called the uh, entry-level cybersecurity certification, which I'm, I'm told is going to get a real name real soon um, that probably won't be called entry-level anymore. But uh, right now, I think we're just wrapping up the, the pilot phase of that, which means going through getting a bunch of people to take that test, validate what's on that test um, to make sure that, that what's on the exam is correct. Um, now, now realize on, on the other hand, I did not work on the exam piece, but I worked on the education piece and, and how we're going to train people um, and how how can we train people and apply that level of knowledge that's appropriate. What our biggest challenge was, I'll tell you, with coming up with the education piece of this uh, of this new certification is how do we effectively do that. In the past, ISC Squared has been great at putting together education packages for those people, and, and their target audience has been those with five years experience in cybersecurity or more. Um, this new certification that's just now emerging is coming out to cover a number of different ranges. It's coming out to cover those that are fresh out of high school, that want to get into cybersecurity directly out of high school, um, I, I don't necessarily discourage that. Uh, I did not get any of my training in cybersecurity until the last couple of years. So um, can't really discourage that. If you want to do that great out of high school and sitting in a classroom in college is not your deal, it, it might just be um, might just be where you need to be. But um, this is also geared towards those that are maybe fresh out of college. They just finished up a college degree in cybersecurity since that is actually a thing now. Back when I went to college the first time, that wasn't really a thing. Um, but it's also looking at those wanting to change careers. So if, if you're somewhere mid-career and you're looking to change, this was really, from the educational standpoint, it was designed to give, um, give basically the learner, the student, the ability to learn those terms and learn a lot of that jargon that people like to use but really shouldn't. Um, it gives you the opportunity to learn that jargon and learn where that jargon fits into things. And I'll tell you what I was learning and I learned myself as I was putting together the educational pieces of this. And as I start building it out more and more and more, I'm sitting here looking at this going, you know, this would be an awesome tool for the sysadmins to do because, you know, they're, they're sysadmins. They don't really care about security, right? Um, well, they should. And, and don't get me wrong. Most of them do. If, I, if that doesn't stir you up a little bit, I don't know what does, but um I just say that just to stir you up. I, I spent a lot of my life as a sysadmin too. Um, but anyway, so 
you know, they should really have a, a certain baseline of, of cybersecurity knowledge, right? Well, I'm starting to see some value in this this new, we call it entry level, a new name coming soon. Um, you know, we've called it entry level for so long, it's what it's going to be forever in my mind. Um, but when look at this entry level, I'm like, wow, couldn't that fit some of that need? Could it help explain to, and I'm, I'm going to venture out here and say it could even help explain some of the cybersecurity terminology and stuff to the C-suite. And so I, I start looking at this, you know, it's really built to get people into the cybersecurity world, but I, I think it's a great tool to get people into the cybersecurity world as well as help educate those that are, we'll call it cybersecurity adjacent, like you said. You know, how do you how do you help educate those people and make them more aware of what's going on in cybersecurity? And I think this is going to end up being a great tool for that. Um, of course, there's there's a nice little certification test that goes along with it, um, just just to prove you you really know what you what you say you know with it. But I think this is going to turn into a great thing. It's going to be a, a um, it's really going to be an awesome thing to demonstrate that baseline knowledge, and kind of the way I think about it, working on like I said, working on the education content. I started seeing it not so much as teaching those right out of high school or, or college or teaching those that already know things about cybersecurity, but how do I teach those that want to know about cybersecurity and not necessarily know all of the answers or to know? And, and you know, we talk about CIDR, and I'm trying to remember if I even defined CIDR anywhere in there, and I don't remember if I did. Surely I did. <laughs> um, I, I know we talked about it very briefly in there, but it was very briefly. You know, here's the things you need to know. But it's not like you need to know these at a, at a depth, but maybe to be marginally conversational about it. And most importantly, this is geared to teach you how to ask the right questions yep. and, and how to communicate in a cybersecurity world and think about things a little bit differently. And, and I think about a lot about what we're dealing with here. And, and it's interesting, and I'm, I'm going to twist this conversation just a little bit. Um, cause it, it's been some great, I've heard, heard some great conversations lately about, uh, about diversity, not just in cybersecurity, but everywhere. And, and when we think about diversity, we're not necessarily thinking about diversity in, um, in the physical things you see, um, but diversity in the way you think about things. And, and I'm back, I'm going to circle back to this critical thinking thing many times, but if you're from a different part of the world, you probably view the cybersecurity things a little bit differently. If you're from a different part of IT, if you're from the information management side, you think of security a little bit differently. You think security is that thing that gets in your way, not something that um, actually helps. Um, if you're, you know, if you're especially if you're that individual and you have to change your password every 30 days and you have to use that password that's huge and all this, you, security gets in your way. Um, but a lot of times explaining that why and, and helping get to the why and explaining to people why that happens is going to help the industry as a whole. And I, I think this, this new entry level certification is going to do a huge piece to that to, um, to help explain the why. And, and like I said, it's not just for those. I mean, it, it really was designed for those that want to get into cybersecurity. Uh, but I, I think the education pieces of it turned into a lot more than that. And it's not just for those that want to get into cybersecurity, but also for those that have to put up with the security nerds like me. Um, to help understand, and, and when I forget and I start using the jargon, um, that you've got a you, you've got a little bit of that jargon in your own mind now. 
So I, I hope that helps. And yes, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and with Jonathan, I'm going to throw out the whole age thing. Um, I, I have recently joined that um, that same age group, and um, I have not found that to be a barrier yet. And I hope it does not turn into one. Um, but there's never a problem with changing that. So I guarantee you, with every role, and especially with security. Um, you've got to have the different perspectives and that, um, that diversity in thinking and the diversity in background. Because think about it, all these bad guys, they come from all different backgrounds. They come from all different walks of life. And they're making up this stuff that we're out here fighting every day. Um, so it definitely takes all mindsets, all ages, and all backgrounds to come together to combat that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you, I, I teach classes at different conferences. I taught at B-Sides this year. Um, but there's one class that I love teaching, and it's the cyber attacks against the organization. And this is a management course. Um, we teach the same, I teach the same concepts as they teach in the pen testing course down the hallway. And we do the same attacks. And we do the you know brute forces. We do OSINT. We do SQL injection. We do all of those same things. I don't care if they remember the syntax. I don't care if they remember the tools that I use when I demonstrate this stuff. What I care about is the management decision around the attack. You know, this is how the attack works. This is the effect of it. This is what is going to happen to it. Now, what do we need to do from the business perspective? And and I lead that. I'm leading into the the uh, the statement of. All the students that come to that class are from so many different areas. Some of them are IT. Some are, I've had CEOs in there. I've had um, uh, line workers um, who just wanted to get a better understanding of some of the things that their people were talking about. Um, I had management. I had, you know, a, a whole variety of things. And uh, what's interesting is everyone does have a different perspective. Um, you know, the CEO, when he was looking at this stuff, he was thinking about from a larger budgetary strategic management perspective, because that's what he has to think about in his organization. But then you had the line workers who they were there because, you know, they, they wanted to know how they are being attacked. You know, these, these attackers out there coming after them, they wanted to know more about it. And it's just a different, per, you know, different point of view. But I think you're right. It's that, that um, learning those fundamentals, learning some of the terminology, some of the, uh, the basics of what we do every day, and then expanding that out into what you do as an as a, as a individual, as a, you know, either at home or at your work or your organization or your enterprise um, is, is critical. Um, I really like the idea of that fundamental um, yeah, you, you talk about entry level. I kept thinking fundamentals. Um, you know, this, this is the fundamental cybersecurity information. And uh, I, the one of the certifications I have my staff do, I, I talk about it like this is the base level. You know, this is this is the term. This is where you're going to learn the terminology of blue snarfing. Now, if you don't know what blue snarfing is, you can go look it up on Google. But you're going to learn about that in this first course because this. That's the terminology that you're going to hear, you know, cider notation, you know, what we were talking about earlier, you're going to hear what that is. You don't need to know how to do it, but you need to know, oh, yeah, let's go Google cider conversion um, or whatever. So I really like that idea of the uh, that fundamental entry level, because I think you're absolutely right, you know, based on the question. Um, if someone is moving in, they've got a little bit of background, but they need just a little bit more terminology. This is a perfect stepping stone into it, you know, it gets them 
and, and here's the other thing, and I don't know about you, Chad, but what I found is a lot of people do a lot of cybersecurity stuff in their daily lives. They just don't know it. Talking about password management, talking about um, encryption, you know, talking about you know different things that they do. They're they're doing it. They just don't know that's part of cybersecurity. Now, for me as a CISO. I want them to know that's part of cybersecurity. If I can get all of my staff here at the University of Tulsa to take that fundamentals course, can you imagine how much easier the job would be just in terms of explanation and letting people know it's like, hey, yeah, we have another phishing attack or spear phishing attack or a phishing attack, you know, all these different things. They would have just that base level terminology. And we talk about security awareness. Um I don't like security awareness, the terminology. I like attack awareness or cyber awareness, things like that, because I want them to know what is really happening. But uh, I, I think that that sort of fundamental, um, that that fundamental training, that fundamental certification is a great opportunity to get people just to realize how much stuff we're doing every day and then go that next level up, you know, just kind of go, oh, yeah, I know what blue snarfing is. I know what CIDR is. I know what OSI model is. Um, at least that that surface layer. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And like I said, and, and oddly enough, that none of that really dawned on me until I was working on uh, until I was working on the the details of that course. And as I worked through it, that's when it really dawned on me. You know, I hadn't thought about it before. We always think about end user education. Oh, we got to teach everybody about uh, about phishing attacks, right? Or don't share your password. Or we all get tired of the same end user training stuff. Um, but yeah, like I said, that's exactly what it was. Is I, I started running into that. I'm like, wow, this this can really be useful beyond that, um, and and I think could be useful beyond um, you know even beyond IT people or or those that that really have a, a stake in there. Um, I think it's good stuff. But um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. I, I was thinking back though when you were talking about the. Um, talking about you know talking with different groups and we're talking about how people think about things different and everything else and 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 looking at the different perspectives and um here a couple of years back i i did a, a tour where i went out and talked to a bunch of elementary kids about cybersecurity. and um I, I guarantee you have not had fun until you've gone and talked to a bunch of fourth <laughs> or eighth graders about cybersecurity. um and, and and when i show them you know on my phone it says look just because you say delete it in snapchat doesn't mean that i didn't already screenshot it and i can still share it with the world right. um you would not believe the sound of all the jaws hitting the floor <laughs> um, when I showed them that, um, and, you know, and some of that stuff is, is pretty, pretty plain to us, you know, and, and people just weren't seeing it. The other part was, I, I really enjoyed the teachers telling me, you know, I, I think I learned more than the students did today. Um, and that, that's when I really started to realize, I just like, you know what, we're just really not getting this stuff out there in a way that people are understanding it. Um, and then I really started realizing it. So I, I'm sitting in there and I, I've got, um, I think I had a classroom full of fourth graders at um in some elementary school out, out in rural oklahoma somewhere and uh, i asked him i'm like so what what do you all think privacy is and and you know you always have that that little girl in the front row me 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 pick me pick me okay well what do you think privacy is what do you think that means well it means like when you're going to the bathroom and you want to be wait 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 <laughs> <laughs> This is not the privacy we're talking about. Okay, so that told me right there. I'm like, okay, that tells me 
Um, I'm not explaining things right. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're talking about a different kind of privacy here. Um, needless to say, I, I don't know if I ever got that crowd of, of fourth graders back uh, to hear the rest of the talk, but um, but it definitely taught me something. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing here is we've got to view this stuff as, as continuous learning, not only for uh, everybody else, but for us as well. And to continue to refine, you know, refine yep. what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree 100%. I, uh, you know, talking about audiences, I, uh, I reached out, um, I guess it was almost a year ago now, not quite a year ago, uh, to a, uh, a local tech college. And, uh, I was, you know, I was asking them if they do, um, personal or, uh, small to medium business classes. And I offered, it's like, Hey, I'd like to do a, uh, a cybersecurity class for them. You know, do you do you have anything like that for like continuing education or adult education or anything like that? And they didn't. They didn't have anything like that. But then they go, "Hey, would you like to do one?" <laughs> it's like, yes, yes, absolutely, I would. Um, but you're really what it comes down to is, I love going to our security conferences. I love seeing everyone. I I get to see you. I get, you know we get to sit and chat and talk. Um, I also love going to conferences that are not cybersecurity. I like going to HR conferences and legal conferences and um, home shows. I tried to get into the home show last year. I just I didn't get a table, um, but go to the home show you know here in Tulsa to to teach people about cybersecurity in their home. You know we we want people to get better in cybersecurity, but no one's out there teaching them. No one's out there you know giving them that information. So. Uh, Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, they, uh, I, I'm currently on the, I, I think, on the books of teaching a class for small to medium business for entrepreneurs um, in the fall for basic cybersecurity for small to medium business. You know, just kind of, you know, what they need to do um, to to really get prepared to to open a business or to start a business. Um, so we got a uh, another question. Let me read it real quick. Uh, how important are certifications? Are there any new certifications that are increasing relevant to InfoSec? Um, well, Chad, I'm going to turn that over to you because I have some thoughts, but you're the guest. So I'm going to let you go first on that. So what, what do you think? How important are certifications? And are there any new certifications that are increasing relevant to InfoSec? I mean, we were you were just talking about one, so I think that's hopefully on the list. Yeah, yeah, we were, yeah, you're right. We were just talking about one that that new entry level, which is which is going to get a new name very soon. Um, so stay tuned for that one. I think that one's going to be important. That's going to be important for drawing more people in. Because I'll tell you, um, somebody that I that I hired recently, um, the reason she decided to get into cybersecurity is because they made her take some training courses. Because of where she was, she chose to do the security one and found out she liked it. Um, so if these kind of if these kind of entry level courses can do that kind of thing and just give somebody an introduction and then they learn that they really like it, that's the best way we have of bringing passionate people in. Um, outside of that, um, you know, there's a lot of new certifications coming in around privacy, which which Jonathan's a lot more uh, a lot more uh, versed on than I am. Um, but I think uh, privacy and information security are very much crossing roads. And yep. I think that's going to be some very important stuff. Um, I think it's it, also, and I know we're running out of time here. So yep, I'm going to yep. say, um, I, I think a lot of this stuff and how important and how much uptake there is, is going to depend a lot on regulation and what happens there. A ton of stuff happening right now in the regulatory field. 
uh, yep. especially in the U.S. And, and across the world. So I think a lot of that's going to play a, a real key in those. Yep. We are at our time. So thank you, Chad, so much for, for coming in and joining us and having a great conversation. I hope everyone has a great rest of the week. And again, you can find us on Voice America and your favorite podcast tool. We've got several events coming up. Uh, take a look at the website. Take a look at LinkedIn. We've got all that information out there. So everyone have a great week. Again, Chad, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into And Security for All. Be sure to join your host, Kim Hakem, for another episode of the show next Friday at noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Business Channel. And don't forget, you can follow Kim on LinkedIn by searching for Kim Hakem. That's Kim, H-A-K-I-M, to keep yourself posted on all of her upcoming cybersecurity events.